Hannah Staver, and this is Ohio Politics Explained, a podcast where you give us 15 minutes and we give you all the news you need to sound smart and impress your friends when you go out this weekend. Welcome back to another episode of Ohio Politics Explained, the Let's Press Pause edition. This week, we're talking about how a judge in Hamilton County temporarily blocked Ohio's abortion law, why voters might be picking Mike DeWine and Tim Ryan in November, whether Ohioans know the name Larry Householder, and whether we'll see any debates this election season. Joining me this week is State House Bureau Chief Anthony Shoemaker and a very special guest, the director of the Suffolk University's Political Research Center, David Palilogos. Welcome to the show, David. It's great to be here. How about you, Anthony? You feeling ready to go? Man, it feels like a roller coaster. It's like Labor Day hit, and it's like election season. It's just going hard. Oh, yeah, for sure. So our first topic is the big news of the week. Abortion is now legal in Ohio up until about 20 weeks. And that's a big change from the beginning of this week when almost all abortions were prohibited once fetal cardiac activity could be detected, which is about six weeks. So what changed? Well, it wasn't the Republicans in the legislature. A Hamilton County judge ruled Wednesday afternoon that the state's heartbeat law violates what he called a fundamental right to abortion under the Ohio Constitution and keeping the law in place while it moves through the legal process would harm women. So he put a 14-day restraining order on the law. So now Ohio's attorney general gets to use that time to explain why the order shouldn't become permanent as the case moves through the judicial process, and the judge will ultimately decide what to do. Abortion advocates called this a victory. Opponents called it a temporary setback. And I think the rest of us just have whiplash. Yeah. The other thing that is going to do is, you know, as it could possibly eventually end up in the hands of the Ohio Supreme Court at some point, is going to add a whole new level of interest in the three Ohio Supreme Court races this fall. Yeah. And David, you guys did some polling for us on these three races, and they're all like statistical ties. Oh, they're absolutely. You know, with the abortion issue, which was the number three issue, was basically the number one issue among women. It was 21% abortion rights among women, 5% among men. So you can see the level of intensity that's going to extend beyond what, you know, where this poll landed in this event and whether or not that's going to increase the trajectory of women and young folks being animated here. Yeah, and Nan Whaley, the former governor of Dayton, who's running for, I mean, I'm sorry, the former mayor of Dayton, who's running for governor, (laughs) uh, Dayton doesn't have a governor, you know, is really making abortion central to her campaign. Yeah, and what's interesting is when you look at polling on abortion, so the law that the judge just put a stay on, that six-week ban, you know, we polled on that, and two out of three Ohioans said they, they oppose that law as it's written. Absolutely, you know, you wonder what, people are thinking about in terms of the deci- these, these types of decisions. I mean, Ohioans are very clear about where, they're, where they stand on the abortion issue. And, you know, this is something that potentially could really hurt Republican candidates up and down the slate. Yeah, especially this, this case could keep it in the forefront of people's minds because ultimately the Supreme Court will hear this case. And it might be the next Supreme Court. So this election might determine, like, who hears this specific case on whether Ohio's state constitution has a right to abortion. And so our second topic is about two other big statewide races in Ohio and a very big divide in their results. So Governor Mike DeWine is leading Democrat Nan Whaley by about 14 points. That's from the latest poll that we did with David's team. And that same poll, however, showed a tie between the Senate candidates. So, David, I have to ask, why why are we such seeing such a difference in these two races? Like, are there DeWine-Ryan voters out there? 
Yeah, there are. And basically what the poll is telling us is that, you know, it's pretty much a jump ball. It's even in the Senate race among independents, but it's not even uh, in the governor's race. DeWine is winning by 18 points among independents. And secondly, you've got DeWine has got more crossover voters. So, you know, he's he's holding serve among Republicans. Only 4% of Republicans in Ohio are saying they would vote for, uh, for, for Whaley. But on the Democratic side, 12% of Democrats are saying that they would vote for, for Governor DeWine. So he's got both strength among independents and he's got better crossover. In some ways, that's a very Ohio thing, though. You know, you think back to 2018, Governor DeWine and Senator Brown uh, won on the same day. So Ohio does have a history of splitting its governor and U.S. Senate votes on the same day. Yeah. And I thought, um, do you think any of this has to do a little bit with name ID? So we look at name ID and I was sort of stunned that like 100 percent of Ohioans knew who Mike DeWine was. And I think that's almost like unusually high for a sitting governor. But like 30 percent didn't know who Nan Whaley was. Do you think some of that is people just don't know anything about the former Dayton mayor? Yeah. And, uh, and that's that's really the challenge. Right. So the textbook says informative comparative, you know, Nan Whaley's in a much different place than, than Tim Ryan because of the name recognition. I mean, 28% are saying they've never heard of her statewide, and another 26% have heard her name but haven't formed an opinion. That's 54% combined that either have never heard or have no opinion. So, you know, lots of work has to happen in terms of informing her qualities and her characteristics to Ohio voters before she even gets the chance to, to do comparative. So, David, Nan Whaley, is the, she's the first woman ever nominated for governor in the state of Ohio, but your poll's not necessarily seeing um, support from women overwhelmingly going to her. Yeah, no, we, we, we haven't seen that at all. You know, we, you would normally expect a 20-point lead. I mean, here in Massachusetts, the Democratic nominee, now it's Massachusetts, is up 40 points among women, 40. And, you know, in this uh, race, it's pretty much a dead, a dead heat. I mean, Whaley is winning among women, but it's only 48 to 45, whereas among men, DeWine is winning by 33 points, 63 to 30 among and, men. And the other thing, too, is I think with Whaley's high unknown numbers, that's probably playing into one of the reasons Governor DeWine has not agreed to do a debate with her. Like, why help her be better known than she is, right? <laughs> Yeah, and we'll definitely get to that in our final topic. But our third topic is about what resonates with the average Ohioan and what doesn't. So about two-thirds of folks said that they think the government here in the state of Ohio is at least somewhat corrupt. But less than half of voters surveyed knew the name Larry Householder. And if you don't know, he's the former speaker of the Ohio House who was arrested by federal agents on public corruption charges in 2020. And aside from having one of those larger-than-life personalities, Householder was a really powerful guy. The speaker determines what comes to the floor in his chamber. He can basically block any bill he doesn't like, whether it be about abortion or education or public funding for schools. Uh, you know, he controls a lot. He's one of the most powerful people in Ohio. He went down in a very large public corruption scandal and... I don't know, half of Ohioans don't recognize the name. What do you make of that, David? Well, he certainly doesn't have a householder name, right? <laughs> I mean, the poll shows, you know, 45% have never heard of him, another 25 undecided and uh, about him, so 70%. So despite, you know, his, his uh, political misgivings and his powerful position, a lot of people 
haven't heard of him. The people who have heard of him don't like him very much. He has about a 6 to 1 unfavorable to favorable rating. He's only 4% favorable and 25% unfavorable. And those are the people who have tuned in and are aware of what's going on. Do you think that's true for most like state lawmakers? I, I've worked in a couple of different state legislatures, and I find that a lot of times, you know, people don't pay as much attention to their state house as they do to who's in Washington, D.C. Well, I mean, it's kind of the mechanics of it is is a lot of it inside baseball. You know, you're making you're making uh, compromises and deals with your fellow legislators and behind closed doors. In many cases, you're not out in the public eye doing the the kind of campaigning that Senate and governor uh, campaigns do. And Ohio is big. I mean, there are so many different parts of Ohio, unlike a lot of other states that have you know, cities like, uh, you know, Cleveland and Toledo and, and you've got Cincinnati and so on. So, I mean, and they're, and they're just, they're just different areas. And, you know, he's in the state house and he's doing legislation and that, that explains his name recognition problem. So our fourth and final topic is debates or the possible lack of them. So 84% of Ohioans say they want to see the candidates for governor and U.S. Senate step on those stages underneath those bright lights and answer questions. But as we get closer and closer to the election, it looks less and less likely. Now, Anthony, you uh, work with the Ohio Debate Commission. Is that the correct? Yes. And you have been trying to get the governor. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what is he saying? He's <laughs> not saying anything. I mean, the interesting thing about this is this is kind of becoming a national trend of kind of candidates declining to do debates. I mean, it's a, it's a political decision. I mean, if, if you're way ahead like Governor DeWine, why take the risk? But when you look at Ohio's history, past governors did it. You know, Governor Voinovich won one of the largest landslides in history and still did a debate with Bob Birch and beat him by nearly 50 points. Former Governor Taft, you know, other other governors at the state have done those. But in in recent years, I think there's just more of a risk involved, perhaps. And, and, and candidates are more cautious of being like, well, I don't need to do a debate. Why take the risk? But the public expects to see candidates answer questions. I mean, debates may not be popular television. People may not you know, necessarily sit down and watch them. But people think that if you're running for public office, you should at least have the guts to do it a bit. David, do you think, I mean, 84% is high, right? Like, I, I try to think about, like, anything that people agree on at such a high percentage. But are you seeing this in other polls in other states? Like, are are you asking this question in other states? Oh, sure. You know, and you're right. 84% is a high number in political polling. You can't get 84% of your family to agree on anything. So, um <laughs> You know, this is a huge number. And just just for your audience, I mean, the, the, the numbers were in the 80s really across the board, whether you're looking at gender, region, party, age, race, any of the demographics that we look at. I think the highest pushback on the no was in the Cincy, the Cincy Southwest area and those people over 65 years of age. And that was only 14 percent each, respectively. So. You know, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there's a big risk, especially if your opponent doesn't have the money to compete in these different media markets. And so you're giving really an op. You, you know, you're increasing the probability of a gaffe and having that gaffe amplified in free media. And there's really a statistical risk to doing it. But the American people and certainly Ohioans, they would like their candidates for the, especially these offices, governor and U.S. Senate. There should be a platform 
And, uh, you know, and the platform obviously won't exist unless the candidates agree to it. And, you know, why, why do you do that if you're leading? I mean, I think in the Senate race, you're going to see the rate, the, the leader fluctuate back and forth between Vance and Ryan. Our poll seems to indicate Ryan has a slight edge in a close race. Others have Vance uh, ahead in a close race. And, uh, but for governor, you know, we haven't seen any polling showing Nan Whaley leading or even close. And so that's why I think you're getting that strong pushback from the governor's office. And one more thing before you go. Fall is about more than pumpkin spice lattes. It's also about education data. And you can probably tell by my voice that I'm way more excited about one than the other. This week, we got our first set of numbers about the 2021-2022 academic year in the form of state report cards on school buildings and districts. And yeah, I'm a little bit of a nerd for education data, and it's super interesting to see how schools are doing on testing, on making progress and catching kids up. But there's also like all this data that you can dive into under the initial scores, like how they do educating gifted children, children with disabilities, children who are English uh, language learners. And so you can look by school, you can look by district, and we have a whole nice little explainer online that tells you how to read the report card. Yeah, it's important. You know, there's over 600 districts in the state. So I think that's a a lot of useful information on the website for families to look at to see how their schools are doing. Ohio Politics Explained is brought to you by the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. You can find us on Twitter at Ohio Explained. And if you want to learn more about any of the topics we covered, check us out online at any of the newspapers in our network, like the Worcester Daily Record. That's the-daily-record.com. dot